Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Well, hey, uh, I'm just glad to be here, grateful to be celebrating Easter with each and every one of you. And if you are here for the first time, I know we already uh, acknowledge you and said this, but man, we're really glad you're here. And uh, I just, I hope you've already felt the presence of God. I hope you've felt just the resurrection power that's in the room. And uh, my job this morning, um, I hope to, is to this, to just uh, communicate effectively how much God loves you. And if I can do that, I'll feel like it was a big win today. And so that's my goal today, that you just walk out of here not feeling loved by a church. Well, I hope you feel loved. I hope that you walked in, you said, man, this place is more than just friendly, but it feels like family. It really does feel like welcome home. But you walk out of here just feeling loved by God. And so I want to draw your attention real quick before we go on in the service. Uh, I hope everyone got a card like this when you came in. Would you pull that out? Um, everyone, no matter where you are, will you pull that card out? Just get it out, get the pen out. Uh, if you do not have a card, will you slip up a hand? I'll have an usher get you a card real quick. All right, right there in the middle and a couple. I don't mean to make this awkward, but we just want to make sure everybody gets a card. Um, this is a big part of my sermon today, and so we want to uh, do this. And there's no gimmick. There's no catch to this card. I know the front uh, looks like a, a raffle card, you know, where you give them all your information. Uh, and that, that is not what this is. Um, we hope that you'll fill it out so we can stay connected with you. But if the whole card is anonymous, that's fine. Um, that, that's not what's important. But on the bottom, uh, let me draw you first to the bottom. The bottom is a prayer request card. And it's our hope that... Um, that everyone that comes to LifePoint would not only feel loved, but they'd feel cared about. And so on the bottom of that card, um, since you're here, and you might be thinking, why do you do a card like this on Easter? We don't do this every Sunday. Well, it's because everyone shows up, so it just makes sense that you do it on Easter. And so uh, on the bottom is prayer requests. And, and we really wanna just pray with you. And so if there's anything that's going on in your life that you're like, man, I'd love some prayer around this, uh, this area of my life, if you will take the time, here's my promise to you. If you'll take the time to fill that out, we'll take the time to pray for you, okay? And so if you let us know, we want to come alongside you. We wanna agree with you in prayer. Our staff is gonna divide these up. We wanna pray individually over you. And so my promise is if you fill it out, your name will be called for in prayer, this situation. And so how great would that be to know that somebody over the next week or couple weeks or who knows, they may team member may lock onto this card and pray with it for, for months, but just to know that you'd be prayed for. And so if you'll uh, do that, that would be great. And then on the back, if you'll look at the back, two questions here that I wanna go over. Number one is this, what is the greatest area of stress that you feel like people right now experience in today's world? Um, another way to you know, uh, ask the question is maybe what is the greatest area of stress that maybe you are experiencing right now? And so we've penciled in a few. And if you're like, none of these are it, uh, fill in, make your own bubble. You're welcome to do that. And so you can fill it in on the side here. But what this does is this is going to help us uh, just prayerfully ask God, God, what is it that you'd have us preach about to our church? And so um, what do you want to hear a message about? That's kind of the best way to say this question. Maybe it's relationships or grief or family dynamics. I want to I wanna be able to pray over these, but we want to know what's important to you so that we can, you know, bring topics that matter to you and that you feel like would grow you in your faith. Um, I don't feel like it's our job just to, to preach to you what we want to preach to you, but 
Hopefully we preach to you the Bible and some things that actually matter to you, some things that you think will grow you. And then number two, right underneath it is this. And it's what are the greatest barriers you think right now in our society to knowing God? What do you think are some of the greatest barriers to knowing God? Maybe for you personally, what are some great barriers in your life to knowing God? What are some things that maybe uh, individuals have done or churches have done or maybe things in your life that you feel like this is just a barrier, like I don't have enough time, my life is really busy, or maybe a barrier is you were hurt by another church, you know, or you were hurt by, you know, a person, whatever, there, a barrier erected, and it's, it's caused you to struggle with really knowing God like you want to know God. Why don't you write that down? That's also going to help us just as we're praying, God, what is it we feel like would help people when it comes to knowing God? See, here's our goal as a church. Our goal is that you would get to the end of the year and that you wouldn't look the same as you do right now. You'd look the same physically, maybe even not. Maybe there'd be more of a glow on your face. There'd be more of a smile on your face. But you get to the end of the year, and you'd say, you know what? I'm just different. I actually grew this year. So I wonder what it would look like if, as a church, that all of us, over the next 12 months, we all took a step in our walk with God. That all of us were able to say, at the end of you know, 2022, I, I took a step. I feel like my relationship with God, I feel like some barriers that were in my life, I feel like some of them kind of came down and I know God a little more than I did, you know, last year. I know God a little bit more than I did, you know, last Easter. And so we just believe, and it kind of brings me to, to my first point, is this, we just believe that God wants you to know him. He doesn't just want you to know a church. He doesn't just want you to, you know, be religious. He wants you to know him. He wants you to have an intimate relationship with him. Not just know about him, but to actually know him. See, it's easy to know about God in the world of technology and social media and Facebook. We can read what everybody says about God. I don't know how true it is all the time, but we can read and learn about God. We can know about God. Even if you read your Bible, you can learn and you can know about God, but God doesn't want you just to know about him. He wants you to experience him. He wants you to know him deep down inside, have a relationship with him. And here's the thing, a lot of times there can be some barriers when it comes to knowing God. One of the barriers, I think, if you're in here and maybe a friend invited you or maybe you just kind of popped up and you're giving church a chance or you're giving this church a chance is you've kind of stayed away from the church because every time you walk into the church, you just feel like you're gonna get like a spiritual spanking, right? Like, oh, I'm just gonna go to church. They're gonna tell me how bad I suck and, and tell me, you know, all the sin in my life and they're just gonna make me feel bad and they just wanna clean me up and change me. And I just wanna say, that's not our goal. Our goal is for you to know God. But it's so easy to walk in and just think like, God hates me and he's up in heaven. He's like, you know, got a big beard and just ready to zap me with a lightning rod and, you know, for all the bad that I've done. But can I just tell you, God loves you. God loves you so much. That is the message of Easter. No matter what you've done, no matter what you are doing, no matter what way you are walking right now, God loves you no matter what. Here's the thing. Jesus loves you, period. He loves you. He just loves you, period. I love in the video that we watched a minute ago, the kind of that ending testimony where, um, you know, one, one of the guys was saying, hey, I was high on a Wednesday and then I was high again on a Friday and I realized even in that, God still loved me. God was still for me. That no matter what I was walking through, that I served a creator, that no matter what I was doing, still loved me because it was just his character. Yeah. 
And so I want you to know this morning that the message of Easter is that Jesus loves you. He so desperately wants you to know him. See, if we're not careful, we'll think that Jesus just came to make bad people good. But he didn't just come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. You might be thinking, well, what does that mean, dead people alive? I'm pretty alive right now. You know, I got some flesh. I'm breathing. Well, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that before Christ, all of us were dead in our sins. All of us were dead in our transgressions. But Jesus came to make us alive. He came to make us alive. I love what John 10 and 10 says. John 10 and 10 says this. It says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Who's the thief? Well, this thief is Satan, the devil. He came on a mission. I don't know if you know that. And it's to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your hopes. He wants to steal your dreams. He wants you to feel like that, that while you may be physically alive, that there's some things in you dead. He would love for your dreams to die. He would love for your marriage to die. He would love for those things to be destroyed. But Jesus came so that we could have life. That was the work of the cross, that we could have everlasting life. That's why God sent Jesus, that God so loved the world. There it is. He so loved you that he sent Jesus for you so that you could have everlasting life, but he didn't want you just to have salvation, just to get to heaven one day, but he actually wanted you to have a full life. And so it's the vision of our church. If we had a big, broad mission statement, you know, what is this church about? Well, it's just scripture that Jesus came to give you life and life to the full. And so here's how we say it. We wanna see people that are far from God or close to God or no matter where you are, we wanna see you have life and life to the full that you would have a full life because that's what Jesus has for you. But when I think about that and I think about that idea of death in Ephesians chapter two and being dead in our sins and dead in our transgressions, it's like, I don't really get that, right? Because, because I'm, I'm, I'm alive and I'm living and breathing. So I looked up that word that was in the Greek in Ephesians two when it talked about being dead. And the word is this, it's the word nekros. And it says, it's a condition of being lifeless in regards to not only a physical death, but also with reference to being motionless or stagnant as though dead. Have you ever felt like that in life? Like I'm breathing, there's, there's breath in my lungs, I'm living, I'm not in the grave, but I feel kind of stagnant. I feel like I'm just kind of on a treadmill going through the motions. Like some of my life, and maybe you're in here and some of your life is alive. Maybe your job feels like it's okay and you're kind of thriving there. Maybe you feel like you're thriving in your family. But, but all of us, isn't it true we have areas that, that just can get a little stagnant? That just can get a little lifeless? That just, we just don't feel like it's full life. That you're saying that, but I feel like this part of me is dead. See, at some point in another in our life, we're all gonna have moments where something in us just isn't fully alive, where it's just, it may be a little dead, a little decaying. And the message of Easter is that Jesus came to give you, give you life. In fact, Romans chapter eight says this, and I love it. It says, the spirit of God, the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, when you accept that message, it lives in you. 
That is good news that the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Why is it good news? Because just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will, Jesus, wants to give life to your mortal bodies. See, the the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it wants to live in you and it wants to give life. He will, he will, not he might, he should, he's thinking about it. No, if I clean my act up, if I get it all together, if I'm perfect, no, he will and he can and he wants to. He will give life to your mortal bodies. Your mortal marriage, your mortal relationships, your mortal dreams. Jesus wants to give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit. The same spirit. The spirit that's living in you. I love what my pastor said last year, and I totally stole this quote that he found, and it was this, that C.S. Lewis said that Easter is death working backwards. Isn't that good? Easter is death working backwards. What do you mean? I don't, I don't know what that means. Well, instead of life to death with Jesus, it's actually death to life through Christ. And so what do you have to do? What do you have to do to, to live this way? This, this idea of Easter and resurrection is death working backwards where the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead can live in you and it can just, just like, just the Holy Spirit can breathe life into those dead areas. What do you have to do? Well, I believe it's real simple. Sometimes we can complicate it and we can say, well, you got to do these three steps and you got to clean up this way. And you know, that's not, that's the farthest from the truth, I think. I think the Bible is really clear how easy it is to receive resurrection and to receive that kind of life. And it says this, you just need to believe. Just believe. That's, That's simply my hope for you today. If there's been one thing that is just my deepest hope for everyone that would come to our Easter weekend services today, it was this, that you would walk out of here just simply believing. There would be belief rise up in you. Belief in what? Well, that resurrection was not just an event. It wasn't just, you know, an event that happened. It's not just a holiday about bunny and candies and Cadbury eggs. No, it happened But it was more than just that. That resurrection, it's an experience. It's an experience that you can have today. Not only is it an experience, but here in a minute, you'll find out that resurrection is a person. And so it was never meant to just be a holiday to be celebrated, but an experience to have, a moment to walk in, a reminder that the same power wants to live in you and breathe life to your mortal bodies. Breathe life to every area that feels like it's decaying. And if you were honest with yourself, all of us has had a moment where something felt dead. And maybe you're not there today, and I'm grateful for that. But you probably will be one day. One day there'll be a moment. And my hope is that Today's words, the word of God would echo in you. That resurrection, it can happen anytime. It's not just an an Easter, April 17th, once a year kind of thing. But it's an everyday thing that you can live out if you understand who resurrection is. So I want to read a very, uh, what I think if you grew up in the church is a very, you know, uh, common passage of scripture 
But Jesus speaks multiple times throughout the Gospels in three different occasions in the Gospel about raising people from the dead. And one of those, a very famous one, is found in the book of John. In the book of John, chapter 11, uh, we see the story of a man named Lazarus. And the Bible says in John chapter 11, verse number one, it says, now there was a man named Lazarus and he was sick. He was sick. He was without strength. If you look that word up in the Greek, it's, it's the same idea of being motionless and, and, and stagnant and no strength. I mean, he was sick. And we'll find out how sick he really was here in a second. He was from Bethany, which was about two miles outside of Jerusalem. The village of Mary and her sister Martha. And so three characters enter into the scene. We've got Mary and Martha, sisters, and the brother Lazarus. And the Bible says this, that Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same Mary that poured perfume on the Lord and wiped uh, his feet with her hair. And so the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. The one you love is sick. I would propose if you're in here today and, and, and maybe you feel like there's some areas that are, that are dead in you, it's a good idea to send word to Jesus. He's a great phone a friend. If I had one call, it would be to Jesus first. And so if you're in here today, I, I think we can learn from this example that when the brother's sick, we see them sending word to Jesus. It's a good idea today to send word to Jesus if you feel like there's some areas of decay in your life. And I want you to see this very important theological point that I think stands out such a big way. I put it in yellow here. Lord, the one you love is sick. Not the one that loves you is sick. No, the one that you love is sick. For God so loved the world. Lord, the one you love is sick. I love how the sisters come to Jesus. The one you love, Jesus, it's like, let me put the pressure on. The one you love is sick. And here's what's so true about God that you see in this moment that's so easy to breeze past. And it's this, that God is not motivated to help people based on your love for him, but based on his love for you. The one you love, God, is sick. And so it doesn't matter today how perfect you are. It doesn't matter how much that you've, you've stepped into this life of following Christ yet, how much you know him or don't know him. That doesn't motivate him to help you. The thing that motivates him is the same thing that sent him to the cross. It's the same thing that he would stand up on Friday. And the Bible says that he looked beyond the pain of the cross. In the book of Hebrews, it says he looked beyond the pain and he counted it a joy. Why? Because he loved you. He saw beyond the hurt. He saw beyond the moment. Why? Because he saw you and he saw the person next to you. And he knew one day you would get to experience his love, maybe even in a service like this, if it's your first time. And he saw that and you have to know God is motivated not by how much you do for him, but how much he just simply loves you. You know why he wants to help you have life today? Because he loves you. Amen. He loves you, period. And so the story goes on. And the Bible says that when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. I love just the boldness. This sickness will not end in death. And I hope somebody just believes that today. That your decay will not end in death. 
that your situation doesn't have to end in death. No, it's for the glory of God so that God's son may be glorified through it. Goes on to say, now Jesus loved, there it is again. He loved Martha. He loved her sister. He loved Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed. Well, that doesn't make sense. He loved him, so he stayed where he was for two more days. These are the kind of things when I read that really trip me up and make me question like, okay, God, like, why did you do that? You know, I've learned, you know, in my, I've been living for God now, gosh, probably 20 years or so. And what I've learned in my last 20 years living for God is God doesn't always work on my timetable. That just because God seems silent doesn't mean he's not active. Just because he seems absent doesn't mean he's not working. And so here it is, and it would be so easy to read this and think, man, God, why did you bail on him? What's up, Jesus, with waiting two days? Well, he had a plan. Not everybody knew the plan, but the plan would be unfolded at a later point. How many of you know in the middle of your situation, in the middle of what you're walking through, when you feel like there's some things in your life that are dying and decaying, sometimes it's hard to wait. It's, it's easy to question. It's easy to lose hope. It's easy to, you know, get, get, get kind of hopeless. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's easy to just kind of feel sick like, God, where are you? Why am I waiting? And somebody needs to hear this today. Just because God feels absent to you, just because you're waiting doesn't mean he's not present, doesn't mean he's not working, doesn't mean he's mad at you, doesn't mean he doesn't love you. No, he loves you. Just sometimes his ways... They're just so much higher than our ways. And after he said this, the Bible says that he went to tell, uh, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus, he told his disciples, he's fallen asleep, but I'm gonna go wake them up. And his disciples look at him, he's like, what do you mean wake them up? Like, uh, okay, I, I, I get it. Um, let's go wake him up. And then Jesus is like, no, actually, we're not just going to wake him up. Um, Lazarus is dead. He's dead. That's actually what we're going to do. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. Why? So that you may believe. My simple hope today, and I think the hope all throughout this book is to believe. That's what faith is. It's the thing it takes to go to God. Faith. That's it. Belief. And it's the thing that God wants to grow in every one of you that are maturing as followers of Christ. He wants to grow your belief. See, life wants to suck it out of you, but he wants to grow it in you. He said that you may believe. And so let's go to him. And so on the arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus has already been dead for four days. This is very significant, four days, because in that culture, it was thought that the spirit of a person would hover over the body for about three days. And so four days means you're dead, dead, like very much so. Um, and so this was a big deal. Um, in fact, when they went to Bethany, they were a few miles out from Jerusalem and many, many Jews came to Mary and Martha to comfort them. Basically a funeral's happening because he is dead, dead at this point. And that's when Jesus is showing up like after this. And so they begin to comfort one another and when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. I can only imagine a moment like that 
went out to meet him and Mary stayed home. And we don't know why Mary stayed home. Maybe she was distraught. Maybe she knew Jesus was coming, so she was just kind of chilling. She had a lot of faith and, you know, had peace in her heart, like, here he comes. I don't need to worry about it. He's coming. I'm just calm. Maybe she was a woman of faith, or maybe she was freaking out, and she was hurt. She was discouraged. She felt hopeless. She felt like giving up. She stayed home anxious and depressed. I I don't know. But she stayed home, and then it says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had only been here, Lord, if you had only been here when I walked through that marriage situation, if you'd only been here when I walked through that situation with my child, if you'd only been here in my job, if you had only been here with me in 2020, I feel like you were somewhere else because you weren't with me. If you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. But he ever felt like that? God, if you'd only been there, if you'd only been there, he wouldn't have died. But even now, Even now. Man, I hope somebody gets an even now kind of faith in them today. But even now. Even though you weren't here when I wanted you to be here. Even though it's not happening like I want it to happen. Even though it feels like things are dead, dead. Even now. Father, I pray for an even now kind of faith in every person today, that even now, I just believe that if you ask God, he'll give it to you. He'll give you whatever you ask. And so even now, wait, basically she's saying, Jesus, I trust you still. You're here. And I just want you to know, I trust you still. I believe in you still. This Easter, may you believe again. May you believe again that even now, God is still good. No matter what you walk through, no matter what situation has you, that even, even now. And Jesus basically is saying, you're right. You're right. Your brother will rise again. He'll rise again. And Martha answered and said, I know he'll rise again on the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus says, no, I am. I am the resurrection. See, resurrection isn't just an event. It's a moment. It's a person. And his name is Jesus. You know why I can be so confident that dead things can come back to life? Why I can be so confident in the things that feel dead in your life that God wants to bring full life back to them? Because Jesus is alive. Because he did raise from the grave, rise from the grave. That he didn't stay dead. See, the resurrection hadn't even happened yet. And Jesus was foretelling of who he was. He said, I haven't resurrected yet. You don't know this yet, but let me just clue you in. Give you a little taste. Not only will I resurrect, but the reason I can do it is because I am that. I am resurrection. And I'm life. And so don't worry. Don't worry, he looks at her and says, the one that believes, there it is again, three different times he says it right now. That's six, three. Three different times he says, the ones that believe in me will live. Belief, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing, that's how I wanna live, lives by believing in me, will never die. 
And he looks at her, and it's like the climax of the story. I just imagine, I mean, I wasn't there, so I'm totally making this up, okay? But I just imagine like a long pause. It's just like the tension in the moment. Lazarus, he's still dead. Jesus has just said, but don't worry. I'm the resurrection. It's me. It's me. And if you believe, you won't die. If you live by believing in me, you'll never die. And then a pause, and he looks at her and says, do you believe this? And I guess that would be the tension in today's story. And maybe the climax of this service. Do you believe this? Do you believe? What have you been walking through? Do you believe that he is life? He is resurrection. Do you believe this? That is the question for today. You might be thinking, no, not really, because everything around me is dead. You don't know my life. We have an environment that we've changed the name of. It used to be called Growth Track, but now it's um, two different steps that you'll hear me talk about in a minute. But we used to show this picture. It's in the book of Death Valley. I don't know if you're familiar with Death Valley, but Death Valley is one of the hottest places in our country. And if you don't know what it looks like, here's what it looks like. It's very hot. Nothing is alive there. It is dead, dead from what it looks like on the surface. But something amazing happened in 2004. Seven inches of rain fell on top of Death Valley and nothing happened immediately. Maybe today you're going to walk out of here with belief and you may not feel anything happen immediately. Nothing happened in the moment. But seven inches of rain fell. And then by the spring of 2005, just blows my mind. What was once dead after the right conditions and after a little bit of rain looked like this. That is called a super bloom. It's a very rare event in one of the most dead places on our planet. And here is what the scientists learn and those that studied what happened learned in that moment. That even though that it appeared dead, that right below the surface, somewhere, a few inches, a few feet, I, I don't know, were seeds, seeds that needed and were waiting to be resurrected, seeds of potential, seeds of life, seeds that were ready to bloom. 
And all it took was just the right environment. That has been my prayer for this weekend. My prayer has been that even though maybe you're in here and there's some areas that feel dead, you came in and you're like, you're like giving God a shot. Like, I don't know, somebody invited me up. I mean, I'm here, you know, but you don't know my life. Giving God a shot, my prayer is that you would see today the seeds beneath your dead situation. Maybe you're in here today and that your marriage feels like it's falling apart. You would see the seeds today underneath it. You feel like COVID took something from you, it was your joy. Anxious, you're depressed. You've lost your job and you're working another one. It's providing, but it feels, just doesn't feel the same, you know? We've designed this whole experience, y'all. I feel like that's what we do, honestly. We get to create environments. And we created this environment with one thing in mind, not for you just to say, wow, but for you to recognize seeds, for you to feel something in a moment where every distraction was removed and the presence of God was felt in such a tangible way. That's why we've been praying for today, that it would be an environment that given the right conditions, that seven inches of rain would fall on the seeds that are right below the surface of what looks dead and decayed in your life and given the right environment plus the person of Jesus and the only one that can give life. I cannot give life. This church cannot give life. A song cannot give life. The lights cannot give life. But there is a person and his name is Jesus and he is resurrection. Sorry, it's Easter. Calm down a little bit. He's he's resurrection. And so here's my prayer for you today. I close with this. My prayer is that you would begin to understand how incredibly great, great his power is to help, to help who? Those that believe. Man, if you leave today with that, we've done our part. That you would know how incredibly great his power is to those that believe. It's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. And so Easter, it's not an event but it is an experience you can have today. It is a person you can meet today. And so do you believe this? Here's what I want you to do. We're gonna close. I'd love for you to get that card back out if you don't mind. We're thinking about how to end today's service and something that we take time to do, you know, once a year is to do the, 
kind of the closing of a service a little different. And so please, if you'll get that card out, I know you've already filled up some out, but there's something that you had no idea what it was at the bottom. It just says A, B, C, D. I just want you to glance at that. It's really important. If you didn't fill anything out, just look at this part. What we didn't want to do is make you feel like in a moment, you know, sometimes it, we can get the goosebumps and the goosebumps like makes us feel like, oh, we need Jesus, you know, but I wanted you to take a moment that transcends feelings, honestly, while it's good to feel good and to just ask yourself some questions. And so there's four letters at the bottom that I wanna walk you through. And I want you just to ask yourself, where am I? Every one of you are one of these four. And so I want you to think about it and then just respond. And so A is simply this. I've already put my trust in Jesus. If you're in here today and you would say, that's me. I'm living for God. I'm actively seeking to know him. I've already put my trust in him. I'd love for you to just simply check A. I mean, it's amazing. My prayer is that as you continue to follow him, as you continue to trust him, that God would reveal more and more of his character to you and his goodness to you and that and honestly, you would have a full life. This life would be, be good to you. Doesn't mean it won't be hard, but you just have a full life. Then maybe B, you're in here today and this is you. I'm actually ready to begin a relationship with Jesus. I've been kind of kicking it around, but today I, I, I'm thinking about it now. I've been thinking about it this whole time and I'm ready. I'm ready to begin a relationship with him. If that's you, let me tell you how to do so. It's really easy. The Bible says anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you believe, you believe in your heart. Believe what? What I've been talking about this whole time. That he's resurrection and life, that he loved you so much, that he took your sin. That's what the Bible calls the things that maybe you thought were mistakes, just sin. He took your sins that you were all born with and he died on a cross for you. He paid the penalty so you didn't have to. Sin separated you, but because of the cross, we have been brought near, the Bible says to him. And so today, to, to begin, to start a relationship with Jesus, it just simply takes belief. If that's you and you're ready to do that today, I want you to check B and I'm gonna lead you through prayer here in a second. Maybe you're in here today and you're C, you're thinking, you know what, I need a bit more. I'd like to consider it first. This is a safe place to consider. And we may not be a perfect church, but we strive to be a safe place. A place where you can come and you can, you can as people say, kind of kick the can around for a while. And you can consider it. I'm okay if you sit in your doubt you sit in your questions. We hope you don't stay there. But we want you to know you're never gonna feel judged for waiting and considering and seeking. And so if that's you and you wanna consider it, honestly, we kind of built this church with you in mind. And so if that's you, check C. And then maybe D, you're saying, I don't ever intend to making that decision. I know that's a really serious statement but I get it. 
Maybe a girlfriend invited you today and you just came for her. You said, you know what? I'll, I'll try it, but religion, Christianity, it's disappointed me and I don't believe in it. And I've never seen this love that you've described. And so that's not me. And if you would have the boldness to write that down, I, I want you to know that as a church, not to, to make you feel bad, but what we want to do is pray for you. Pray for you that maybe one day you would move to a C, a conversation, to consider it. And so check D. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is somebody was praying for you. And so we want to pray for you. I don't mean that statement in a judgmental way. We just really want to pray for you. We just believe that Jesus has, I've experienced it. I've experienced the life of Jesus. And so I want you to experience it too. And so everyone's somewhere on the journey. Would you bow your heads all across this room? If you checked B a second ago, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can if you want to, but maybe you just pray this with me. Would you say, Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Today I acknowledge that you are resurrection and life. I believe on you. I put my faith in you. I don't have all the answers, but today I choose to believe in you. Father, I just pray that you fill them with life. I pray that every person in this room, no matter what, what box that they checked, I pray today that they would walk out of here with a better understanding of you. And I pray that they walk out of here feeling your love. May Easter be a moment where they felt the love of Christ in a big way. So we ask all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. One quick thing before I send you home. One last one we didn't walk through, and it's number three on the card. And it just says this, my next step in my spiritual journey is this. A minute ago in my message, I just mentioned our hope is that everyone would take steps as followers of Christ. We really don't want you to look the same at the end of the year as you do right now. And so many of you guys, you have some next steps to take. And so we highlighted a few big ones that I think are great. If you haven't taken these, uh, about 130 plus people have given their life to Christ since we've launched as a church a little over a year ago. And we believe that the next step after you've said yes to Jesus, if you've checked B is to be water baptized. All throughout scripture, we see those that place their faith in Jesus immediately get water baptized. It's just a public declaration. It's telling all the world, hey, I belong to Jesus. And it's something that I think will do something big in your heart. The Bible says we're buried with him in baptism, raised to newness of life. It's an opportunity for you to just solidify the resurrection that you're experiencing in your life. And that's the person of Jesus. And so I wanna encourage you, if you've never been water baptized, to check that. We'd love to get some information to your hands. But more than that, we'd love to baptize you next week. And so next week, so we're giving you time. You can come prepared, bring your family, bring your friends. We got a photographer. We'll have a baptismal. Um, it'll be warm. It'll be a nice day. If not, it'll be fine. Um, it's Kentucky weather, everybody. But no, we'd love to baptize you. And so we can get you signed up for that. 
Uh, but next week, I'm going to talk about baptism. I'm also going to talk about just next steps in general. Like, what are your next steps as you walk with Christ? Maybe for you, it's getting in a small group. We'd love to help you get connected to a group. Our summer group semester will start in June. And so you have a few weeks to uh, help you get plugged into a group. And then we have groups again in the spring. Or maybe for you, you'd like to just uh, get some questions answered, learn more about the church. We have an environment on the first Sunday of every month called Meet the Pastors, um, where we just share vision and share what our church is about. And so if you check that third box, you can get signed up for that and we'll help answer questions about the church, help you personally get connected. It's a conversation, uh, not a classroom. And so it's just a way where we can have personal dialogue with you to get connected and begin discipling you on this journey. And so um, here's what I want you to do. You can drop these cards off. It's my hope uh, if you're a first time guest or you know, you're just visiting that you filled this card out. Um, you can drop it out or drop it off with the ushers as you leave. So there's ushers at each door with black buckets. Uh, if you call LifePoint home and you'd like to give, thank you so much for your giving. It helps us be a church. It helps us, you know, there's no way to sugarcoat that, right? I mean, we don't exist without the generosity of people. And so thank you for sowing into the church and thank you for not just giving to the church, but giving through it so much that your giving does. And um, we hope to continue to do more this year as we head into summer. I know we'll have a big serve day. And so your giving makes a difference. It, it really, really does. And so if you're first time, no pressure. You don't have to give. Don't feel obligated at all. If you want to, you can. But black buckets as you leave, put the cards in, you can give. And then there's some flowers out in the foyer. And um, there's a cross out there. And we would love if you just grab a flyer, a flyer, a flower, as just, just a sign of just kind of death to life. Um, it started off as an empty cross and we want to end the day with just a beautiful cross full of life. And so if you'll grab one of those flowers and just put it in the cross and, uh, and just signify as you put it in the cross, maybe you just whisper, I believe, I believe. And uh, I think it'll be a special moment. And then eat all the cookies, drink all the coffee, jump on the bounce house, take a family photo and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And we'll see you hopefully next week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.